Welcome to Talk is Sheep, the official podcast of the Wild Sheep Society of British Columbia. Brought to you by our title sponsor, Mountain Tough Fitness Lab. Come along with us as we take conversations that matter to you into the high alpine. We have partnered with Mountain Tough Fitness Lab to help get you in shape and mentally stronger. Whether you're a veteran hunter or just starting out, the Mountain Tough app will take you to the next level. We personally train using the Mountain Tough programs and we believe in it so much that we want to give you six weeks for free using code SHEEPBC. That's S-H-E-E-P-B-C. Check out Mountain Tough Fitness Lab. You won't be disappointed. Good morning, Rebecca. How's it going? Great. How about yourself, Kyle? Good, good. So Women's Shaping Conservation, you got to be a part of something pretty darn cool, I would say. And um, Advancing Women Conservation, let's hear a little bit about what that's all about. Right. The AWIC Summit, uh, Advancing Women in Conservation, was in Fredericton this year in Canada. So all invitees were from across Canada to join. Uh, it was actually a three-day summit. And Kyle, I can't tell you how phenomenal it was to, you know, walk into um, this this summit not knowing anybody and being able to walk out of this summit and having a lot of different friendships and connections with people that are like older and younger than me, people that are actually working in conservation. One of the girls was like studying moose genes. So anyways, great summit from beginning to end. I met a lot of great people, the committees, the committee that organized this. Um, and one of the leaders in the committee is Courtney Devins. And she did a phenomenal job at, you know, empowering and inspiring women um, within the summit to, you know, participate in the conservation and hunting word world. And, you know, find places where they can volunteer and find mentors within their community and within their community. So hands down, one of the best um, summits that I have gone to in, in a long time that encourages and inspires women to, you know, to build their confidence, to get out into the community and find a place that fits well for them. Yeah. Awesome. And, uh, so obviously we're having Courtney on the podcast here, Courtney De Devins, she's with the Saskatchewan wildlife federation and she's, uh, leads the advancing women in conservation program. And Rebecca, you as our women's shaping conservation chair for the wild sheep society, BC, I want to commend you on your leadership, that this has been such a great program that, um, you've got a, a good committee and I'm really, really grateful to be part of that. And, uh, just, you know, your leadership and, uh, the great work that's being done by the ladies and and men too, but ladies on your team. Uh, it's just awesome. It's such a cool thing. And, you know, I, I love this inclusivity part. And and the one thing that struck me really uh, that stood out on this podcast was you'll hear Courtney talk about 40% of the SWF membership is women. And, um, you know, that's a big number. And I don't think the society has that number. I would love to see a lot more inclusivity, you know, um, have husbands and wives and, and wives or women on their own, just a, a, a more diverse and inclusive group. And uh, we've got a very cool group of people. And, you know, there's so many great sheep hunt, women sheep hunter out there. We look at the, you know, there's professionals, the, the Rachel Attilas of the world and, and the Glenda Groats and so many others. But then we also have just so, so many accomplished sheep hunters like the like look at Sabrina Larson, for example. And um, there was just a whole plethora of women that killed great rams this year. So 
I'd love to see a lot more of that with the society. And I'm really grateful that you're leading that charge for us. Well, thank you, Kyle. I, I hope to see a lot of that too. And I think that, you know, having the Women Shaping Conservation um, program will help and will help and encourage other women to, you know, just kind of come out and be a part of it a little bit more. And I, I, I can, you know, I was surprised by the Saskatchewan numbers too. 40% are female. I think that we can, you know, we can do something similar like that in BC. We just got to keep encouraging women to come out and participate. And you know what, some of these women, let's just put out there, some of these women might not want to hunt either. And that's okay. They are, they are supporters of hunters and conservationists. And that is just as important as being in hunting and conservation is having these women come out and support and want to be a part of this, this fantastic group of people. Yeah, well said, uh, Rebecca, for sure. And I think uh, let's just talk a little bit about the event. So on November 25th, we're hosting uh, Beyond Bonds Film Night in Richmond. Talk a little bit about what you got going on planned for that, Rebecca. Yeah, this is going to be a really exciting event uh, for women shaping conservation and women hunt. Um, we collaborated and did a film called Beyond Bonds. You know, the film is was developed and created to bring awareness to women in the hunting conservation space, but as well as, you know, bringing awareness to predator hunting. And I think that that's a touchy subject um, as is, but I do want to bring up the fact that you know, this is about empowering women in the hunting and conservation space. And, you know, you don't want to miss this event. This event is for both male and females, um, children, youth, uh, you know, whoever you'd like to bring out. There are still tickets left. So it would be really awesome to see you there. We have a great keynote speaker, Rachel Attila. We also have a guest speaker, uh, Blaine Calkins. So, you know, lots to see. There's door prizes a silent auction, drinks, appetizers, and lots of fun to be had. So we're hoping to get a really good crowd out there. So I hope to see you there. Yeah. So that's November 25th, um, just over a week, couple weeks away. And um, so make sure to get some tickets, go over to the wildshapesociety.com and there's a registration button right on the homepage and get your tickets. Um, and uh, it's just going to be a great night. The one thing, Rebecca, that we try and remind people is that yes, it's a women hunting a women in conservation initiative that it's surrounded trying to increase female involvement, but it's not exclusive we, you know, bring your husband, bring your kids. Um, everyone's welcome. And um, even your committee, you know, it's very cool. You've got equal representation on your committee. You've got three guys, three gals. That's so really cool that you have that perspective and it's about increasing uh, inclusivity for women, but it's not excluding anyone. So don't feel like, Oh, this is women only. You know, I got to go with my girlfriends or whatever. No, you don't. Just come out. And you know what? We've had a couple of single registrations that are males. So um, that goes to show you that it's uh, it's all inclusive. So bring your hubby and come out and uh, let's celebrate wild sheep and certainly women in conservation. So, Absolutely. Well said, Kyle. It's, it's, it's a, an event for everyone. So go onto the website. You can get your tickets there. We're looking forward to seeing you there. Awesome. So with that. We're going to talk to Courtney Devins from the Saskatchewan Wildlife Federation and Advancing Women in Conservation. Enjoy the listen. This episode is sponsored by our conservation partner, Precision Optics. Thank you Sitka Gear and Precision Optics for investing in healthy wildlife and sustainable ecosystems. 
Well, this is a special talk is sheep. We've got two special women on today. So we've got Courtney Devins from Advancing Women in the Conservation and uh, the Saskatchewan Wildlife Federation and our very own Rebecca Peters on the podcast from Women Shaping Conservation and the Wild Sheep Society BC's uh, Women uh, Initiative. So ladies, welcome to the podcast. Great to see you both. Thank you Great so to see you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for having us. Awesome. So Let's start uh, with you, Courtney. Where are you coming in hot from? Where's, uh, I know we were talking earlier, you're in your office, but where are you officially situated and, and kind of what's your day job, I guess? Let's start with that. So I am the Director of Communications and Marketing for the Saskatchewan Wildlife Federation. I'm coming into you not hot, but cold from Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan here today. It is snowing outside my window here today. So yeah, I'm the director of communications and marketing here. I kind of wear more than that hat. I run the social media, I run our websites and radio ads, that sort of thing. But then I get the opportunity to run a women's camp called our Women's Outdoor Weekend every spring and fall up at a camp that we own at Candle Lake called the Hannon Creek Education and Applied Research Center. It's a award-winning camp that we own with 75 beds. And then just a couple of years ago, I got the opportunity to form the Advancing Women in Conservation Steering Committee, which I now lead. So director of marketing, but I kind of do a lot more than that here in my role. Wow, there's a lot wrapped up in that. It sounds like a lot of work, um, uh, but very cool and exciting programs. And so the Saskatchewan Wildlife Federation, are you guys based out of Moose Jaw? Is that where the head office is? You bet. We are based out of Moose Jaw. We have 33,000 members across the province in Saskatchewan, and we have 123 branches beneath us. So they're all autonomous to us, but they all are under our SWF branch here. I'm going to start using acronyms if that's okay. Instead of saying Saskatchewan Wildlife Federation, can I just use SWF? Because it's an acronym world and we have a lot of long names here. Absolutely. So if that's okay with you guys, I'll just call it SWF. Um. So yeah, we are based in uh, Saskatchewan here and a lot of stuff that we do, we kind of have three pillars that we work with. We purchase land across the province in our Habitat Trust program. We have 300,000 acres that we keep for perpetuity in the province here. We have a bunch of educational programs. We have 165 fisheries enhancements projects across the province and so much more that we get to do. Oh, that sounds like a great mandate and uh, great membership. And so these autonomous um, uh, pods, I guess, are they, obviously you don't have people that are working. These are volunteer aspects, so like, kind of like fishing game clubs. Uh, would that be the equivalent here in BC? Exactly. Yep. They're all volunteer. So I guess our hierarchical order is we are all governed by a board of directors. There's 14 board of directors. There is then a executive director, and then all of us directors fall under our executive director. And then below us are all of our branches that are run by volunteers, but each branch has its own executive. So they have their own president and secretary, treasurer that basically make that world go around in that little neck of the world. And then they report back to us. We help them with range insurances, member insurance insurances, and different things of that sort. Awesome. Okay. So let's, let's flip over to the, I think it's, you said the program is called women in conservation. Do I have the tech, uh, terminology, right? Advancing women in conservation, but we can call it AWIC for short. We don't have to stick with that really long name if you don't want to. Okay. No, absolutely. So there's the summit, which you guys 
just attended, but uh, the, the program is Advancing Women in Conservation as well, AWIC. Yeah, okay, exactly. Awesome. And that that'll started in 2018. So a little bit before my time is when the genesis of AWIC actually started here at the SWF. I don't know if you want me just to jump in starting to talk about yeah. that. Um, but so in talking about our hierarchical order here, at the time in 2018, we had a president named David Pizderek. He is now the first vice president of the Canadian Wildlife Federation, but at the time he was our president here at the SWF. And what we realized is, is within our 33,000 members, 40% of that is made up of women. On our board of directors, the 14, we had zero women to represent those statistics. So we kind of did an internal deep dive on how can we as the SWF bring more women onto our board? We do work in a very um, old boys club type world. That's what a lot of people view us as. And we're trying to move away from that. We really want to bring more women and females into conservation and into our world. So we decided that maybe we should have a conversation with some people in Saskatchewan. So 2019, there were 13 women that met from Saskatchewan and just started talking about some of the challenges as to why they wouldn't want to join a leadership and governance role. From this conversation, these women realized that this is more than just a Saskatchewan issue. Some of these challenges are more than just a Canadian issue. They're worldwide issues that we're facing. And there needs to be a platform for women in Canada to come and feel safe to talk about these challenges. Now, this isn't meant to be a man bashing festival because that's not what we focus on. There are so many different challenges that we as women face. Um, so that's where the genesis of the Advancing Women in Conservation Summit came was from this meeting of 13. We thought, let's make this a national event, invite women from all across Canada to come and talk about what are some of these barriers that we face in our roles? What are those challenges that we're facing that is maybe keeping us from wanting to join a board of directors or go and volunteer at an organization. So 2019, that meeting went, took place. 2020, the world shut down. Dreaded COVID happened. So our first annual AWIC summit was actually supposed to take place in 2020, but that couldn't take place. So it was after this that I actually came on board and I was hired here at the SWF for this job. And I took AWIC under my wing. And I thought, okay, let's start planning this for 2022 in hopes that COVID is just not gone, but maybe we're not thinking about it as much and the restrictions have kind of let up. So that's exactly what I did. And I started planning the event in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. We hosted it at the Staybridge and Holiday Inn Express in Saskatoon. And we had 98 women from six provinces attend the first event. This was huge for us because we went from 13 women just from Saskatchewan to 98 women representing six provinces in the room. So to us, that really measured our success by saying this conversation is needed. We had a really strong agenda of women to come and speak. And honestly, after the first event ended in November last year, it was actually I just had a Facebook memory yesterday that it was a year ago that our first summit adjourned um, after it ended we as a steering committee it's myself and five other ladies from across Canada we just kind of sat back and we're like this was great we did a really good thing here let's take a little bit of a break and reconvene and see what it, that looks like for the future 
So during these couple months off, some really exciting stuff was kind of brewing in the background that we didn't really even know was happening. Um, January of this year, we found out that this summit was up for a national award. So we were actually put up for the Doug Clark Memorial Award with the Canadian Wildlife Federation. And this award is given to an affiliate member who did an outstanding conservation project that following year. So we were nominated for this award for AWIC. And in May of this year, we found out that we were the, going to be the recipients of this award. And myself and four other of the committee members actually went up to Whitehorse Yukon to accept this award, which was huge for us. Because, again, we were just 100 women, 98 women hanging out in a room together. Didn't really think much was going to come out of it. It was just a really great empowering and networking opportunity. And then here comes this award. And we're like, whoa, this is really cool. And then about a month after that, I get this amazing plaque from House of Parliament in the mail and got a congratulations certificate from Blaine Calkins, who is the shadow minister for hunting, angling and conservation. And that was really cool because that to us meant that not only did it hit provincially, but it's starting to trickle down in the government and people are starting to hear about this event. So when planning the second annual one, our goal going forward is to host it on the East Coast, move it back to the West Coast, East Coast, move it back to the West Coast. Then that way we kind of give each province an opportunity to attend more audience, the opportunity to attend so when planning the second one, because we're considering Saskatchewan the West, I know we're more central, but we're, <laughs> we're the West, we decided East Coast has, has to be in the Maritimes, and we decided on New Brunswick, as that is where one of the ladies off of my steering committee is from. So we decided New Brunswick worked, and we started planning the second annual one. And I'm not going to lie, the second annual one, in terms of content, far outshone the first one, which we didn't think was going to be possible. How do you outshine an award-winning summit? I, I really think we did. So this time around, we had about 70 people in the room, but we had nine Canadian provinces in attendance and one participant from Mexico. So a little less numbers in the room this time, but our reach has dynamically far outshone the first time. So much so that we actually had a group from Ghana wanting to come. And unfortunately, visas and things like that didn't get processed in time, but we're starting to trickle international and worldwide, which is really cool to us. Um, we know that the issues that people are facing here in Canada are worldwide. It's not just strictly us Canadians that are facing this. So it's really cool to start hearing all of the positives and people that are hearing about the work that we're doing up here in Canada. One thing that I, I love about the program, Courtney, is that it's, it's about women in conservation and it's not about um, Federation women in conservation. You know, it, this is well beyond uh, the Federation itself, the Canadian wildlife Federation, and then Saskatchewan, of course it's holistic. So, you know, Rebecca was able to attend as a wild sheep representative which I think is super cool that, um, you know, we're, it's about the issue. It's not about the organization. So kudos to you and your team for doing that. And congratulations on all those awards. That's phenomenal. I hadn't realized that. So, um, so what's the swan song? So you've 
done this in these, these incredible two conferences that are crushing it. How do you, how do you go to the next level or where does it go from here? Obviously you guys are continuing the program. So. Yeah. Big things are coming up in the future. So naturally we're taking this over to the West coast. Next, we are heading over to your neck of the woods. We're actually coming over to Surrey, BC. That is our next location. And it's going to be in 2025. The reason being is because in the last 11 months, we put out two summits. So we're giving ourselves as the committee a little bit of time for a break to get back to our normal jobs. And then next year, 2024, I will be pushing hard for sponsorships and promotions to host this third annual event in Surrey, BC. And right now, our we have 100 people that are allowed to attend. We're hoping that as each year happens, we get more traction, more people wanting to come, that one day we're going to have 500 people in the room. One day we're going to have 1,000 people in the room. We also see possibilities to maybe collaborate with the United States. They hosted a summit very similar to this in years prior before COVID happened called Women in Conservation Leadership through the National Wildlife Federation. And it would be very cool on our front to partner up with the National Wildlife Federation and maybe make a North America advancing women in conservation. So we are still new. We're kind of a baby program, which gives us a lot of opportunity to grow. There's so many different ways that we can take this. And right now we are wanting to just kind of fill the room up more than what we did before. I think this time around, because we're in BC, we're going to try to shoot for about 200 people see what we get and then each year just keep increasing and increasing and hopefully this becomes a really big household name in the next couple of years awesome okay so let's drill down now so we've talked about the program we've talked about um, the summit and pl future plans but let's back the bus up and talk about some of the issues let's talk about women in conservation um, you know you've had these two great summits uh, and you know one of the goals was to uh, increase involvement on the board of directors. Are you still sitting with uh, just fourteen men on the board of directors? Have you have you managed to get anyone interested in in stepping up? Um, so let's talk about some of those issues and and some of the successes that you maybe have had from the last two summits. Sure. So to start off, we have one lady on our board now, which is great. That's a, a huge, huge win. Huge increase. Huge. That's awesome. <laughs> it's Huge, 100% increase on our front. We are very excited. Um, but I just kind of want to side note here. And I think that something that's neat about having at least one woman is that now that there's the one, we're hoping that people will see that, hey, she's doing it. I can do it too. And you don't necessarily have to be a hunter or an angler to be on our board of directors because everyone has different ideas and brings something different to the table. So yeah, we have our one, but we're hoping that in the next coming months and years, we will see that traction and have it be a nice split right down the middle. So in terms of challenges, this is always, I'll give you this example, because this is what I always tell people when they ask me, is this just a man bashing festival? It's just a bunch of feminists in a room together doing whatever. That's not what this is. So my favorite example I'll use is from the first annual event. I had two conservation officers from Saskatchewan speak, both female, and they talked to us about clothing. So as of May 2022, female RCMP and conservation officers wore men's clothing. 
it was not until May of last year that women got their own clothing line to be in those roles. So for years, they were wearing men's pants, men's shirts, men's vests, you name it, everything was men's. That's a challenge for women. We are built very differently than men are. You become pregnant or things of that sort, you're maybe a little bit more bustier. That clothing does not fit properly. So for those women in those roles, that was a huge challenge. That was a huge barrier for them. A win though, was getting this clothing line made so that they can feel comfortable and have their clothing fit properly when they're actually out in the field. So I, I always like to use that as the core example of some of the things that we talk about here at AWIC. It's not, oh, Kyle did this and this to me. No, it's really just talking about the real life facts of what's happening in our jobs. So that's that's my favorite example that I like to use. Um, the first annual event, I'll kind of talk about the first and the second because I feel like they were two very different events just because of where we are geographically in Canada. Um, Saskatchewan here, we did focus a lot more on, I would say, teachers in conservation. So women who work at universities that are actually teaching our next generation. Um, we focused a lot on women who worked for the Canadian Wildlife Federation. We focused a lot on bio different type of biologists here. And each one of them in their own aspect has their own challenges. Uh, we had a huntress. I call her a huntress, a hunter. I just like the word huntress better. Um, she's since become one of my best friends. She is ninth overall in archery in North America and has shot one of the top white-tailed deer um, in North America as well. And she herself came to talk about how actually women in the hunting community can be very negative towards other women and how to build community over competition. So different challenges were faced in Saskatchewan than I feel like what were faced in New Brunswick. New Brunswick, we did focus a lot more on marine type jobs. So like marine mammal conservation, not doing too much of that here in Saskatchewan, I don't think, um, focusing on whaling and things like that. So a lot of the issues that we're finding are women not feeling like they're capable of doing the job, maybe not having a really good mentor. We found that that's really huge for people. It's not having the right mentor in their role. Sometimes it comes down to the leadership in that role for people not getting to where they want. Really just kind of depends. Each person is different, but what we've what I've kind of seen from Saskatchewan to New Brunswick is that while women have these challenges, we're not sitting and crying about it in the room. We're going and we're trying to figure this out and we're trying to find our winner's circle to get to where we need to be. So yeah, I we talk about the challenges, but I like to say we focus more on the positives. I yeah. don't know if Rebecca can attest to that. Like yeah. we did focus on challenges because I think they need to be talked about, but we really wanted to highlight the good. How did we find our mentors? How did we find our people or our way to get to where we are today? Yeah, Courtney, I think you bring up some really good issues uh, at the summit where we we talked about the challenges, but it wasn't to talk about them in a negative way. It was just to share them with other people that these could be some of your challenges. And, you know, this definitely was not a male bashing session. I really want to make that very, very clear. That's not something 
that I think you or your committee want to be a part of or that anybody in that room wanted to be a part of. It was just sharing your stories, figuring out ways that we can be more positive in the hunting and conservation space. And you know what? When it really comes down to it, it's empowering these ladies and inspiring them to have the confidence to stand up and say, you know what, there's so many opportunities out here. And yes, if I put myself out there in an uncomfortable situation, which kind of when you want something, you can feel uncomfortable about it, but it's a really good positive aspect to keep going and to build your confidence that way and just go after what you really want to do. And that there's lots of space for women in the hunting and conservation space. And I think at this summit was very clear that that what it what's happening is there is lots of opportunity we just need to encourage women to keep pushing forward and use their confidence and kind of build their way up that way so I really love that Courtney about the summit you and your committee did an amazing job representing that and encouraging others to participate in it so well done thank you so much that, that was really our goal um and I actually I kind of and I spoke on this at the summit like I have a a different background where I have actually had issues with women in my role. Every single male in my life, my executive director, all of our male board of directors and the female, they are very, very supportive of me. Myself personally have had issues with other female leads in the past. So that's why I'm like, I can't make this be a topic on what men are doing wrong because in my own personal life, it's been more women that have been more detrimental to my career than anyone in my current life ever has. My executive director right now, male, he's one of my hugest mentors. He probably doesn't know that and he hears this, he'll roll his eyes, but one of my hugest mentors. And if it wasn't for him pushing me and allowing me to do this stuff, wouldn't be here today. Did not get those same opportunities with fellow females in the past so we really wanted to make sure that that was the tone it's just these are very common challenges that you might face but here's some tactics on how to get out of them so on that note that was one of the things when both you and Rebecca were talking about this the I guess let's go back to the lack of women on the board of directors of the SWF so 14 men so are there barriers barriers to entry in that they're not getting elected on or they're not uh, or is it a lack of uh, maybe women are not applying and they're not feeling comfortable applying so i guess are the are there real barriers to entry where they're just like it's just not an inclusive space and they don't they can't really get their name on the ballot and feel comfortable enough to do it or is it even worse where they're actually being blocked like it's kind of the old boys club like hey this when that's not going to work here or is it a situation where women are just not stepping up into that leadership role um, and they and you're giving them the tools to do so or, or is it a combination of all three? No, I think it's just a situation of women are not putting their name in. We have our one token lady on the board and she does not come from a hunting or angling background. She is a holistic Chinese medicine practitioner and she came on the board and like I said, no background. Probably thought to herself, I'm not going to be a fit, but it really works. So I, we really feel like it's a situation where women just feel like they're not um, knowledgeable enough. Maybe their opinions won't be heard on the board because it is mostly ran by men. We don't want it to be that way here at the SWF. We want more women. We constantly are reaching out to different members and being like, hey, 
we specifically like you, Jane, in Region 1, you should join the board of directors. And a lot of times people kind of do get that imposter syndrome where they think I'm not capable to be on here. I don't have the knowledge to be on here. Sometimes it's a time restriction. I don't have the time in my personal life to be on a volunteer board, which is completely fair. But we really think that it's just a situation of women are not stepping forward to put their name up. We try to be as welcoming as we can. We don't like to have that term old boys club even surrounding us, which we know is out there, but we are really trying to move away from that. We want to, we know women bring really neat stuff to decision-making. There's more innovation in the room, more creativity when women are involved. And that's what we're trying to do over here in at the SWF. And again, just seeing our membership, 40% of them are women. It's kind of like to us, well, why don't you want, don't be scared of us. We're, we're friendly. We, we want you to be on our board. So a bit of a segue here, but um, I'm a little curious, Courtney, that you talk about 40%. To me, that seems really high. When we look at, I, I think women in the hunt space, it's, it's gotta be less than 40% in general. So that's a pretty high number. Is it historically been that high or is it, uh, it has been, eh? That's phenomenal. It stayed pretty consistent at that number for us. To be fair, a lot of our membership are hunters and anglers that are purchasing their memberships with us. We do have a lot of female hunters in this province. So that's really great to be able to see. So we've, we've stayed pretty consistent at about 40% for quite a few years. That's phenomenal. Well, congrats to you guys on that. That's that's a great number. I'd, I'd be interested to see what the BCWF numbers are, if they're similar to that or or what. But um, And I know they have an outdoor, a women in the outdoor program as well. So, um, okay, so let's talk a little bit about the conference itself. Um, when, when you talk about, you know, giving women, empowering women and the mentorship piece, uh, talk about some of like a typical seminar that you might have there or, or a discussion or maybe your keynote. I've, you know, I was reading about your keynote last uh, at the Fredericton event. Talk a little bit about some of the messaging and and how are you empowering people to get involved, to, to have that confidence to step up and be part of the program? So I'll tell you about two different things here. One thing that we host every Saturday and Sunday at this event are breakout sessions. So these are more hands-on skills that we offer. How to get confident in public speaking. How to get confident in building your network. Let's talk about change management. Let's talk about project management. So we really kind of focus on some more hands-on tactics to be able to take back to our workplace. So maybe if I myself am, don't want to join a board because I'm not good at public speaking, well, I could then go to this breakout session to hopefully gain a little bit of confidence and some tips and tricks on what make, might make me be a better public speaker that then in turn will make me want to join that board in the coming weeks or months, whatever that may look like. So we do host some hands-on workshops like that to just give us some good takeaway skills. Um, but I will speak about our keynote speaker. She was phenomenal. Julie Angus. She is, uh, I sat there in the audience thinking to myself, I have done nothing with my life in 34 years and that's okay. She is an adventurer, a rower. She is an author. She's been on national geographic. She is just phenomenal. And she came to talk to us about her row as the first woman to row the Atlantic ocean from mainland to mainland. It was her husband and her they built themselves a boat and they decided to sail off from Europe and come over to the mainland. And then once they hit the mainland, they actually cycled over to BC. So it was a pretty big trek for them. And what she really talked about was resilience and working as a team, 
and how to empower each other when you get into some of these situations, when you're in the middle of the ocean and you're in a record-breaking hurricane. What do you do? So that's what she talked to us about is exactly that. What did they do in those situations? Her story was amazing. It was captivating. I mean, that room was silent the whole time that she spoke. She was such a beautiful soul and just sharing that adventure, especially rowing across the Atlantic. Yeah. And may I just say that outside of the conference, she is equally as lovely. Yeah. 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 So I could, I can see that that's, that's who she is. And yeah, just so amazing. She was really great and actually wants us to keep in touch when we go over to BC for the third annual. So hoping maybe they can be involved again in some capacity, but she was, she was captivating. Her story was great. And she really just wanted to focus on meeting your goals, empowering yourself to take some of those challenges that we have, some of these goals that we have, and really just set out towards that end. How do you get there? And a lot of it is planning things of that sort, but that speech specifically, like Rebecca said, the whole room was silent. I cried a little, of course I cried, cried a little bit during the presentation. It was, it was wonderful. So did it empower me to want to go row across the Atlantic? No, but it did give me some really cool tips and tricks on things like teamwork. So she did row with her husband. I think she said they were in there for what, five, six months in this boat, rowing across the Atlantic. So you learn a lot about people in that time in such a small space. And yeah, just some of her messaging was really great to be able to take away to my own personal, personal like life from that. So yeah, she had, she had some really good takeaways actually um in that little green book that you guys gave us she had like a whole list of things that that you can do and you know it all applies to what we're doing here in the hunting and conservation space and wanting more women to be a part of that and you know maintaining your perspective she talks about celebrating your successes so like you know celebrating the AWIC summit and how well it's doing and how well it did at the first one as opposed to the second one you know scheduled communication being a great communicator and you know what don't look for things that you don't want to see in yourself I thought she was completely um, in touch with what needs to happen when you want to build some type of success or some type of encouragement inspiration for other people so she was an amazing keynote speaker to have I just really enjoyed listening to her thanks and that's kind of a difficult thing too is trying to find the proper speaker who is going to bring people out who has the messaging that we really want to focus on. I thought with Julie specifically, it was kind of neat with her open ocean robotics company that she does own to have her since we are, we're in the Maritimes. I just thought it was a really neat fit to have her at our first annual summit. We had another amazing keynote speaker. Her name was Jill Heinerth and she is an underwater explorer. So she does a lot of cave explorations and works with scientists and has worked with people like Steven Spielberg, just an amazing powerhouse woman who again was on national geographic and is written a few books. She's came out with a children's book called The Aquanaut. So we've had so far two really strong keynote speakers. Not sure how I'm going to follow up with the third one, but that's already starting to plan in my head here. So I hope that kind of answered your question there, Kyle, on 
some of the different takeaways that you can take away from the summit and some of the different speeches that you might hear through there. I mean, on a we start on a Friday. That Friday, we typically try to have some sort of opener. When we were in Saskatoon, we had a lady come and talk to us about the Myers-Briggs and we did some personality testing to which we used throughout the rest of the summit when we did our networking and mentorship. So we focused a little bit on that. We had some really great presentations from Eco-Canada talking about some of their research statistics on numbers and conservation in Canada. Again, in Saskatoon, we had our breakout sessions very similar to in Fredericton, talking about confidence in public speak speaking and you can't be what you can't see. Your network is your net worth, those sort of topics. Just really, how do you build your own community? Where can you go to find like-minded people? And I guess I should also have mentioned too at the beginning that this summit is not only for people who work in conservation. This summit is for people who volunteer, go to school in conservation or the environment, or maybe you're just interested in volunteering, go to going to school or working in this sort of field. And you just want to come out and hear some of the topics that are being discussed. This is really open to anyone who has those sort of interests and men are also allowed to attend. We did have two men in attendance this year. So it's not just for women, men are, are able to attend. I really, I really liked that you guys included a couple of, uh, male speakers. I really appreciated that. Um, because you know, it's not just about, um, like you said, our mentors aren't only just female, they're males too. I have many male um, mentors, which is great. And so I really appreciated you having it was Mike Holland, right? He's the uh, Minister of Natural Resources, Natural Resources and Energy Development, and then Blaine Calkins. And both of those gentlemen talked about how important it is to have uh, women in this space, you know, whether you're in conservation or you're a hunter or you just want to volunteer, regardless, it's really important. And they spoke really well about that and and had a lot of encouraging words. So I really enjoyed listening to them as well. Well, and what was kind of neat about the first annual to this one was that the first annual, there was a large group of students in the audience. Um, Saskatchewan Polytechnic, one of the trades colleges here, they sponsored the event last year. And we actually had a couple of their teachers come and talk to us about the different career paths in conservation and how they empower the next generation of conservationists. And I guess this is kind of another way that I measured our success. But from the first annual event, after it adjourned, there was a group of two gals from the University of Saskatchewan who went back to their school and they started a student group called Women for Conservation. So it's kind of a little mini version of AWIC. It's talking about what do they as students deal with as females and how can they empower each other to graduate and move on with their careers. And they actually reached out to me, this group, in February. It must have been February, March. And they said, hey, Court, we want to attend this next event. We loved it. We started this student group. And I thought to myself, whoa, we already know that we're nominated for this award, but a student group has been formed. That is phenomenal. And that's how we, how I really knew that this was a success. And then planning this next one, we thought, how do we start this event? How do we, you know, we just had this award-winning first one. How do we even start a second one? And that led to the conversation of me reaching out to the student group and saying, hey, would you guys want to present? 
And let's talk about your experience at the first one, your student group, and everything that you have going forward. And that's exactly what they did. Five gals from the University of Saskatoon, or sorry, University of Saskatchewan came out to Fredericton and they actually opened up our event with the first talk of the day. So that was really special and near and dear to my heart and hoping that we can get them to almost come to every single event just because I think it's a really neat win that formed from AWIC. And I always say the award, the recognition from Blaine was all lovely, but to me, the student group was really, to me, the, the reason why this event was formed. So topics kind of vary. Um, we even kind of went out of our shell this year and we had a veteran RCMP come and speak, who's now a mayor of a town in New Brunswick. And while she necessarily didn't work in conservation per se, a lot of her messaging was so broad that it could have went across any field. Um, this time around, we hosted a lot more panel discussions in our first one, just because there was so much knowledge that we were picking from when trying to plan this event that we thought, how can we really include everybody that has an interest to come? So this time around, we did focus a bit more on panel discussions. Um, on different topics like pathways and conservation and imposter syndrome, which I was a part of. So yeah, the second one to me, the program outshone the first one, which is very hard to do, but just the conversations and not only that, but to me, the networking that took place, the friendships that were made far outshone the first one there was so much more laughter in the room this time around and I just I really feel like the group that we had there was super strong and that's why I always say um quality over quantity we may not have sold out but the reach that was there top top notch couldn't have asked for anything better yeah Courtney I think you've just nailed it right there the friendships that were formed at this one. I mean, I wasn't at the first one, so I can't speak about that one, but I do definitely know that attending this event, I have so many new friends and I have made so many new connections. And, you know, this is part of having these events. This is part of your success is, you know, connecting people, connecting women across Canada, connecting them even within their own province. And I thought that was delivered so well on its own. And you could tell that, we all felt like we had known each other for a long time at this event. And that can be hard to um, just provide for people. That has to happen naturally. And I think that you guys supplied such a great seminar basis for the Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And it was, you had different levels to it. You had different ways people could contribute to it. You had different presenters and you were able to probably touch everybody in that room in a different way, which brought us together as well at our individual tables and then in the evening for networking. So really, really well done. Like I was really impressed and uh, you know, I could keep talking about it forever, but like we were all on a high at the end of the weekend, you know, like when, yeah. when it finished, I, I was actually like kind of feeling low. I was like, no, no, don't, let's not stop. We're, we're just getting started, but I you know, agree. that's, that's part of it. So really well, you and your committee did a really good job. So thank you. Awesome. And I guess I should mention too, we went on a field trip. We didn't yes. just sit in the building the whole time. We went on a field trip. We went over to the Maritime College of Forest Technology and we had the um, University of New Brunswick, the female woodsman team 
come and show us some different forestry techniques. Those women were sawing logs and climbing poles. And oh my gosh, again, I sat there thinking to myself, what did I do with my life? These women are powerhouses out here. So we went on a, we got to see a demonstration from them. And we also did a fun kind of icebreaker activity called Amazing Race AWIC Edition, which um, my team won, was not ranked, but we won. So shout out to the bear team. There was there was a lot of smart women at this convention, and we thought that maybe we won because we only got a few wrong. But I guess you know <laughs> that was so much fun. You guys did a great job with that amazing Thanks. adventure Thanks. for sure. Well, just because I don't know if you've ever been to conferences where you're sitting in a room for three days straight. It's like I need to. I just need to do something. And selfishly, I'd never been out to New Brunswick before, so I thought it was really neat to be able to go take a field trip. We did take a field trip at the first one as well um, in Saskatoon to the Wanuskewin Heritage Centre. It was focusing on some First Nation traditions here in Saskatchewan. Um, but this time around was really neat to get to see some of these lumber jills in action. And what I really appreciated, and this is just very random and weird maybe, but they weren't all like big bodybuilder women. You know, Rebecca, they kind of just yeah. looked like me and you, but they were so strong and they could swing those axes and saw like it was nothing. I have never seen anything like this before. I mean, some of these women were very petite and super strong and the strength to chop down wood and use different saws was incredible. I was so impressed by these young ladies that it almost made me feel like maybe I could do it, but I, I really don't think I could, but they inspired me that to maybe try, right? Yeah. I'm <laughs> sitting here like, man, I wish Saskatchewan had something like this because this is right up my alley of an activity. So I, I just needed to give them a shout out because they did yeah. an amazing, amazing job. And they actually volunteered to do that field trip for us. So we are very thankful of their demonstration. Absolutely. Awesome. So Courtney and Rebecca, you guys both brought up some words that kind of resonate with me you talked about the networking which obviously clearly that's a big part of this conference but there were two other words that kept coming up was empowering and mentorship so you know there's the summit which is incredibly important and uh, and now it's only it's two years out so it's a pretty big break talk about how important i guess empowering a little bit that's that's going to continue to happen but the mentorship piece and how you know how, how we can how women can support one another and how they do that through AWIC and sort of maybe some of the tools that you took away from the conference that are going to sort of help people over the next few years when, you know, when you're not meeting together. Yeah. So mentorship is huge for us. I guess I should start off by saying that when AWIC is not running, we do have a Facebook group for everybody to keep in touch with the first annual event. It was it was new. We didn't know how to take it. So we actually did a fun activity and we did a mind map. So we actually mapped out who our mentors were. Cause there were many people in the audience who think that a mentor has to be someone who's paid. Like they think of people like Yoda and Oprah Winfrey as a mentor. And it, it doesn't have to be like that. You know, actually my mentor is my best friend who hired me to the city of Regina when I worked there many, many years ago. And we are still best friends. My mentor now is my boss. I don't pay him. I'm sure he would like that. I don't pay him to be my mentor, but he's just there if I ever need anything. So we started mapping out in Saskatoon, 
who did we consider our mentors? Let's start from a basic level, friends, family, and start building on that to teachers and your uh, co-workers, your peers, that sort of thing. And this time around, we didn't want to do the same activity. We wanted to keep it fresh. We wanted to keep it exciting because we know that there's very, there's many different ways of mentorship. So this time around, we wanted to go with a speed mentorship activity. So at registration, you had to decide. There was four different categories to decide from. If you were a professional, if you thought you were kind of advancing in your career, if maybe you were exploring a little bit, still dabbling in areas, don't really know where you want to go, or if you're beginning, you are still in school, you don't really know where you want to take it. And from these different um, avenues or areas, we then broke off into groups. And we had questions on the table to prompt us. And we did exactly that. We did a speed mentorship activity. We had 20 minutes to discuss three questions at our table and all of them surrounded by, you know, where did you find your mentor and what kind of tools has your mentor given you? I know my table, we only got through question number one. <laughs> So we didn't actually make it to the rest of the questions just because there's some really great um, advice in the room. But we know that we need a team behind us. It, I always say it takes a village, it takes a village for me. Mentorship is huge because someone could be your friend and they're mentoring you and you don't even know it. You can have a paid mentorship. It can really look like however you want it to. So I know for me personally at this event, I gave away my card to quite a few people to continue these talks about mentorship. And we are texting, we have emails happening, we have the Facebook group up. So we really want to keep that momentum of these conversations happening. And we're hoping that through these avenues that can still take place. Awesome. Very, very good understanding. Now with that, uh, Courtney, I'm trying to think of, how do we, so for a, a lady that's listening, wants to get involved, maybe wants to be more involved, maybe get involved with volunteering or or get in the conservation space, maybe as a job. Um, what do we say to them and how do we encourage them to get involved? What are some of the things that they can do to to find the skills and, and to, so that, that for, you know, I think of Wild Sheep Society BC, Rebecca, you're well, you're, you're really familiar with this. We have 14 directors and we have zero women. So how do we get more involvement in that capacity? So if somebody's listening and they're interested in saying, you know, I would like to do more, but I'm nervous. And I hear this a lot in the hunt space, right? It was like, you know, these fish and game clubs, it's the old boys club. I heard that ter terminology and you show up to um, a, an event and there's, you know, guys are in their late forties, fifties, sixties, seventies, and there's 35 of them and there's no women. How could you, how can you go in there and have that confidence to be involved um, or, or find a space where you do feel comfortable? I think you kind of hit it right there. The nervous. I, I think a lot of people get nervous to want to join. They don't necessarily think that they are capable. For me, I think that it is huge. Um, if you're wanting to get involved, First, look at that board, or I'll just use a board of directors as an example. First, look at that board. See if there's any women on there. If there's no women, then move down to a staff level. Talk to some female staff. Maybe just get a feel for what that organization is about. Maybe that's all it takes is just a, a conversation with the staff. If that doesn't work, 
I would say, you know what, go down to a branch level, go and talk to people actually in your area and get the opinion of, for me, my organization. What do you think about that? Because you'd said the word skills. I think each person brings something different to the table. So we don't have a set of skills or criteria that we have to be on our board of directors. As long as you can come to the table with some new ideas and be open to conservation and hunting and angling and trapping, you're qualified. We don't ask that you be a hunter yourself to be on our board. Um, just because different people bring different ideas, different innovations and different creativity. So I really think that the first step is just putting those nerves aside and just taking that plunge and saying, okay, who can I find that I feel comfortable with that I can start asking the questions? How do I get involved? Is there a process behind this? Is there a, a nomination? Just trying to get a little bit more information. That's what I would tell women is just start those conversations. If it maybe is an all male board, like I said, go to your branch, see if there's any females in that branch that might be able to give you any tips and tricks. I would also reach out to that organization and see if there's any past female board of directors that maybe I could reach out to and see what their experience was on the board and what sort of qualifications and skills they had that I might in tune have and be able to bring forward to the table. So that would be my suggestion is just, you kind of have to rip that bandaid off and say, okay, I'm going to be vulnerable. I'm going to put myself out here. I might not think it's the right fit at first, but you'll definitely see in those coming months that it probably is the right fit. And you really just had a little bit of imposter syndrome where you felt that maybe you weren't qualified, but in turn, you absolutely were qualified and you just needed to get that motivation and get that encouragement to really get out there. Um, when talking about empowerment, I've kind of created my own empowering circle. It's, it's ever evolving and it's ever growing. Um, even with mentorship, like I said, my best friend is my mentor. So she's constantly keeping me accountable for my goals that I set out for myself. And I think that's really huge. If you are even wanting to join a board or even starting to have those conversations is to find somebody to hold you accountable. And again, that might come with just going to that organization, going to that board and saying, Hey, I'm interested. What does this look like? Here's what I can bring to the table. Will this be a fit? Yeah. Great points. And I guess, you know, for me looking outside and being a man, okay. So my perspective is different, but if I'm looking at an organization and there's a women program right there, that's a good sign, right? So that's like, okay, we're like we're wanted here, right? There's a, like an intentional development that's encouraging me to be involved. So that's a great start. And that's probably a really good place. So if somebody's in Saskatchewan and is, you know, reach out to someone like yourself and, you know, with the society, reach out to Rebecca, there's going to be that level of comfort there. We want women to be involved in the program. So there's that, I guess the, I, where it becomes a little bit challenging is if you go to an organization, then there isn't at that. And you look in it front facing, it's just all men. And you're like, that's to me where I think it would be super daunting. Right. So for someone like that, um, you know, are there any skills that, you know, or any programs or anything that you think that you could, um, encourage people to look at, to give them that confidence, to sort of, um, empower them to get involved just because it's all men doesn't mean you're not welcome there. It's just maybe because there's all men and everyone else looked at it, go, Oh, I'm not, I don't feel safe there. 
So how do you empower someone? Is there somewhere they can go to get that strength to encourage to, to sort of move forward in that space? I really think there's some good organizations out there, places like Toastmasters. I think that's all across Canada and every province. Um, they're typically the organization that will come and do some breakout sessions for us at AWIC. I think they're a really good starting place because at least in my case, if you're nervous to join the board, a lot of that has to do with public speaking and getting your voice heard in that room. So going to places like Toastmaster and starting to take courses about public speaking and talking in front of a group, having confidence when putting your opinion out there, I think starting there could be very key to some people in their success and wanting to join. So that's where I would start is just looking locally at is there any groups that could help me with my public speaking? When it comes to empowerment, again, I would start at a branch level because that's really kind of your community here in Saskatchewan is your branch that's specific to your little area there and start those conversations. Talk to women that are a part of the executives. If there isn't, then see if there's maybe female members from that area that maybe you want to talk to. But I always think that there's someone in some area that is there to want to speak, you just have to be able to get out of your own comfort zone and try to find them. Awesome. Okay. So um, before we let you go here, talk about how people can learn more about uh, AWIC. Uh, so you've got the next program coming up, the next uh, summit two years from now in 25. Um, where can they get information on that? And in the interim, if somebody wants to get more involved, um, what are some of the things they can look at? I guess, you know, you talked about the Facebook page. Is that exclusively for Summit members or is it open to other people as well? It's open to everyone. Okay, so, so where can we direct people to go and find more about it? So if you want to find more about it, you can head over to my website, swf.sk.ca slash AWIC, A-W-I-C. That is where we will have all of the photos from this year's event and updates for the next annual one as well. My social media on the SWF will always contain all of the information about the event. The Facebook group will always have information about the event. And as well, we keep everyone's email addresses. So past participants will get all the information about the next go around in an email format in case they want to attend. So those are kind of the ways that you can keep an eye out for our next event. If you're wanting to get more involved in it, I would say reach out to myself directly. All of my information can be found on our website at swf.sk.ca. Just reach out to me and I can absolutely put you in the right avenue, whether it's with AWIC or it's the board of directors, whatever that may be, I can put you down that path to get you successful. Awesome. And for any women in Saskatchewan, you said there's an out, our women outdoor program. Is that correct? So we have a women's outdoor weekend. Um, I think in BC, they probably have a becoming an outdoors woman, mm -hmm. the bow weekends. So we host a women's outdoor weekend in the spring and the fall. And it's at, like I said, at our Hannon Creek education and applied research center in Candle Lake. This is where 30 women from across Canada, honestly, I typically get quite a few women from BC and Man or sorry, Alberta and Manitoba coming, where you can come and gain confidence in outdoor skills. So we do stuff like canoeing, pellet gun shooting, archery, plant identification, wilderness shelter building, wilderness first aid, bunch of stuff. And it's a full weekend from Friday to Sundays where, yeah, we just 
it's kind of like a mini AWIC in a way. Like the friendships that are formed at AWIC is exactly what happens at my women's weekends. And I have had women who have never even been camping before in their lives come away being like, yep, I'm going to buy a tent. Me and my kids are going out camping. I can chop wood with only a knife and no axe. And I can start a fire with no matches now. And it's beautiful to see. The program has really, really grown in the last three years. Well, fantastic. Well, thank you so much for everything, Courtney, for being here today and talking to us and uh, look forward to seeing and hear more about it. I'm really excited about uh, BC and 25 and hopefully the society and Rebecca can be part of that in some capacity. We'd love to be involved, I'm sure. Absolutely. Rebecca and I have kind of already been chit-chatting about this at the airport a little bit on how do we keep you guys in our back pocket for when we come over to BC? Awesome. Thank you so much, uh, Courtney, for, for coming on and sharing all of that with us. It's, it's such an amazing program, and you're a really great leader for women um, in the hunting and conservation space. So keep up the great work. Thank you so much, guys. This is my first podcast, so thank you so much for having me on. It has been a pleasure joining you from snowy Saskatchewan. Awesome.